This podcast was recorded live at Life Church Lancashire. For more information on who we are and what we do, visit lifelanks.org. So we're loving our series, um, Kingdom, Kingdom Living. And um, today we're going to jump into the third part of that. But I love that at the start of this year, we decided to think about foundational principles, things that we can put in place as habits and practices right at the start of 2024. So how can we play our part in advancing the kingdom of God, in being part of what God is up to? Because the kingdom of God is the most expansive and explosive thing on planet Earth ever. You know, I love that in Acts 1 verse 3, just after Jesus risen from the dead, and and he's just as he's about to ascend, and then the Holy Spirit comes 40 days later um, in power, it says this, it says, he appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus talked about in the preparation of the birth of the church, this global community that we get to be part of, the biggest movement that the planet's ever seen, Jesus speaks about the kingdom of God. And just in that moment, and we get to play our part in the kingdom of God. Just to give us a bit of perspective for a moment, that actually Rick Warren recently said this, author of um, one of the most um, bought Christian books of all time after the Bible. He said, Christianity is not shrinking, it's shifting from the northwest hemisphere to the south and the east. And, and the thing is this, is that we're in the northwest, Europe and North America, but the church is exploding all over the world. Do you know that since the year 2000, the planet the population has grown by 1%, but at the same time, the church has grown by 2%. Turn out for a moment. Seven billion people on planet Earth. 2.6 billion say that they're part of this movement. But then even better, kind of the, the part of the church that we're connected to, um, that our roots go back to uh, Pentecostalism, that is growing by 4% every year. God is up to something. And, and our church community is growing. If this is your first time, you're so welcome. You get to be part of this. We're seeing all sorts of life and growth. And we're believing for more. That's why we did um, a time of prayer last weekend. That actually, um, sometimes when we look around, we think, oh, there's, there might be a church building that's closed down the road. Or, or we see things in the news or we hear things from the census. But we are part of an ever-expanding movement. And the church is the ultimate vehicle and family of God to advance his kingdom. And so when we think about kingdom of living, we can get a different perspective. And so the verse I want us to jump into today is this. Matthew 12, 35. It's going to be on the screen. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. That's quite strong. Jesus is speaking in the middle of a moment where he's just healed a gentleman. People, he can actually see what people are thinking and feeling even though they're not voicing it. And he just pauses the moment, takes his pause point and says this statement. Because he knows that the things of him, he's like, this is the good. Jesus isn't like just, just like good ideas or nice things. When we talk about good, God is right in there. And that's not a cheesy line about removing O and you get the word God. It's about, oh yeah, I can spell. Um, <laughs> English language was my lowest grade at GCSE, all level for the old generation. 
Um, but actually, Jesus is encouraging, what are we storing up? What are we placing inside of ourselves? And, and I think the key kind of question that comes out of that when Jesus is, is kind of challenging, you know, what's in their hearts and minds in that moment? I, the question for us today is what you store up today will come out tomorrow. What we store up today will come out tomorrow. And this scripture, I think, asks two questions. What is in us and what are we storing up? What is in us and what are we storing up? And, I, and when I say storage, I don't mean for a rainy day. You know, sometimes people think about storage and they think, oh, yeah, well, you know, I'm keeping that thing because I might do that job in three years' time. Or, you know, I used that thing once or whatever it might be. Or sometimes we're storing stuff and we're like, well, my relatives will sort that out when I die. <laughs> it's in the loft. <laughs> it's like, that's now someone else's problem. Um, or maybe you have a storage unit. Anybody got a storage unit? This isn't going to be a judgmental thing about storage units, okay? Anybody got a storage unit? Yeah, okay. Great, great, great. And you're like, we, we got it for this reason. Now it's become for this and, and different things. And sometimes in life when we think about storing, we think about its excess, but what we're thinking about today when we're thinking about storing, we're thinking about what we keep in the treasury of our hearts and minds. That's what that verse encouraging. What we keep in the treasury of our hearts and minds. Because what we store up will overflow to others. And so some questions that I think this, this provokes, these big, those two big questions we're going to go through. What is in us and what are we storing? That's how we're going to travel through this message today. But I think there's sometimes other questions that can be a distraction, short-term questions, shall we call them. Who or what should I avoid to remain holy, good, okay? How far can I go to still be holy, good, or okay? But I think the kingdom question is, what am I storing up that is of God? What would most reflect his heart? Who or what is my biggest influence? And so when we think about storing as a key part of kingdom living, it determines what comes out of our lives tomorrow, what we store up today. But we need to make sure what we're storing up is good. Right here, I've got a sponge. It's, it's a tiny bit wet. And um, obviously, a sponge, whatever you put a sponge into, it will soak up. This water is sort of clear, so you have to imagine that's clear. And whatever you put the sponge into, as you press it down, this is fairly obvious, isn't it? That then, that, when you squeeze it, that's what comes out. But yet, when I put the sponge in this um, coffee water, as well, yeah, that's how I made it. I know, don't be too impressed. Um, it's how you get rid of instant coffee. Um, that then, that's what comes out. And that's what remains. And I know it's fairly obvious, but I think there's something significant about this image of a sponge, because actually... There's a choice that we have. We're not a sponge. We're not an inanimate object, but our lives are like a sponge. And we have a choice to be intentional about what our lives soak up. What do we, we're surrounded, we might be surrounded by the dirty coffee, muddy water, but it's our choice whether we let it in. Or where we might be in a great, we might be in a place like on a Sunday morning in our life group, whatever that looks like, we're in a space where it's, it's a nice, kind of clean, you know what, because we're getting input from people encouraging us and helping us on our journey. And so we need to be intentional about what we are letting in, what we are soaking up, because we are all sponges, it's whether intentional or not. There's so many things thrown at us on 
many different size screens, <laughs> but the same kind of stuff. Whether it's our phone screen, our iPad screen, our laptop screen, our TV screen, our cinema screen, pick a bigger screen, I don't know. Um, but that these things come at us, and it's our choice whether we absorb it, whether we bring it in. But Jesus is encouraged to store up something good, to soak up the things of him. And that actually when we're squeezed, and maybe for you the squeeze is like when pressure comes or hard time comes, that good things can still come out of us. That actually in those moments we know to get those around us who've been encouraging us or helping us in our small group or on our team or, or in our community or whatever that looks like in our, in our journey with God. And, and then when the pressure comes that actually we're surrounded by the right kind of people who are going to pour the right kind of things in. Because we, can be, we become more like Jesus as we determine what we soak up, what we receive in. And so we can ask God for help, for wisdom, for discipline, to think about actually how can I soak up what is good. But we need to build habits. We think about his kingdom living thoughts and, and, and ideas over the past few weeks. They're things that we can put in as habits to think about, rhythms in our walk with God. Because if we just rely on willpower, then when we're tired... We'll soak up whatever's around us because that's how life is. You know, an example for me recently, and it's not even become a habit yet because I'm doing it for 11 days, is that, um, uh, again, encouragement from Rick Warren, who was speaking to a number of leaders the other week. And he talked about this idea of God's word, first word, and God's word, last word. It's a bit of a tongue twister, isn't it? And literally having an open Bible by your bed, this is proper simple thing, have an open Bible, paper Bible, if you've got one, by your bed. And the first thing I look at before, turn my arm off on my phone. I don't go on social, I pick it up and just read until God speaks. Might be one minute, five minutes, ten minutes. And this isn't to replace my um, devotional life, quiet time, whatever you want to call that. My other time I'm trying to get into the Word to learn more from it, to dig into it. Doesn't replace my prayer life. But, and then at night, the last thing I do then he's do the same thing again. Read until God says something. Just really simple. And you know what? The last 11 days, I've gone to bed with more peace in my mind. And, and a slowness, I'd say. Just uh, My mind was just more at rest. And it's not like I've got all this turmoil going on, but it's just busyness sometimes in our minds. And in the morning, it just helps posture things slightly differently. Even in that distance between like that half an hour, 40 minutes before I actually you know, open my Bible to read more or pray. But it's just a simple practice. It's been transformational for me over the last week or so. But that's just one example of how we can be intentional sponges. And so storing is a key part. Soaking up is a key part of kingdom living because it determines what comes out of our lives tomorrow. We're going to keep coming back to that thought. And so how can we do it well? How can we do it well? Here's a few thoughts. Storing is a choice. What we soak up, what we store up is a choice. It says this in 1 Corinthians 6 verse 12. It's going to be on the screen. It says this. I have the right to do anything you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. And Paul here is challenging the Corinthians because they're in a space where they're going, well, I think it's okay or it's not bad, that thing. But Paul's like, don't live in that space. Don't live in the, oh, it's okay or it's not bad. Live in the space of what's going to be most beneficial for my journey with Jesus, my walk with God. 
living out for Jesus in, in my everyday, what is going to add and be more beneficial in that? That choice of what we store up. Because it's not just us, but then it flows to other people. And we store up the things of God by choosing a different way. Or in one verse, Matthew seven fourteen, it says, But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. That is a narrow road, this different way of living that Jesus invites us to. As we prioritize the things of him, it's a different way of living. It's not the easy highway that society or, or, or whatever is advertised on our social media offers us. It's a different kind of journey. But it's not about conquering someone else, it's about compassion. It's not about going first, it's about going last. It's not about um, receiving as much as we can, but it's about giving first. It's what we store up in us rather than accumulating stuff, for example. Actually, Jesus invites us to a different way. And it starts with us making him Lord of our life. Saying, actually, Jesus, you are my leader. I am the one that you are following. I think for me, the shift was, and an example of that shift is when I was seven years old, I made a decision to follow Jesus. My, my dad had snuck me into a youth event. It was a great moment. And I'd been brought up learning the things of God. But at that moment, I made a decision to say, yeah, I want Jesus to be my best friend. And I want to follow him. Now, that worked out well for about three or four years as I was in primary school. And, and I saw kind of some of the God using me in different ways and simple ways you do when you're a kid. But when I got to high school, I think what I realized was when I looked back that I'd made Jesus my best friend, but not my Lord. And I think there's a big difference because when I was 15, then I was like, actually, no, Jesus, you are Lord of my life. Because that changed everything. Because before that, when Jesus is my best mate, well, what, when someone's your best mate, even your best mate, you can still ignore them. No offense if someone in the room thinks I'm a best friend. Um, but when someone is Lord of your life, when I'm saying, Jesus, you are over everything in my life, it determines so much more. And so in that moment for me when I was 15, I experienced the Holy Spirit like I'd never experienced him before, God on earth. And I gave my dreams to God, and I, and I laid down my life for him and said, Jesus, I'm all in. Because before, I think I was a friend of you. And yes, I'm still a friend of Jesus. He, he's our friend as well as our Lord. But I think I just kind of boxed him off, if I'm honest, and used that as an opportunity to get distracted and do other things as a young teenager. But we have a choice to choose the narrow road. Or as Peter encouraged us two weeks ago, to seek first the kingdom of God. And so for me, what shifted was I began to choose what I stored up. I began to choose who I listened to. I began to choose what I read. I began to choose what I, I watched and engaged with. And you don't get that right throughout life just from that moment. But there was an intentionality. I'd shifted from just being a friend of Jesus who would then suck up everything that's around them, whatever it was, to actually trying to be intentional in what I was storing up. So Jesus invites us to that narrow way, a different way. And what I love is, it's a choice. And that's that first thought. Storing is a choice. Because actually, without someone once said, without choice, there is no relationship. And without relationship, there is no love. And God is love. And so he invites us to make a choice. We get to choose what we store up because it will impact our lives, yes, tomorrow, but also for the rest of our lives. Second thought is this. Storing is tuning. Um, I still have like an old-fashioned radio in our kitchen. It's like a new version of old-fashioned radio because it has a tape. So I could put my tapes in, but it also has Bluetooth built in. 
it was from Aldi. Best thing I've ever bought at Aldi. Because <laughs> it was cheaper than anything else. Um, and right next to a shovel, obviously. Because when you know, you know, it's like radio shovels, dog toys. Um, Lidl's the same as it, just slightly different order. And, and when we think storing helps us tune into God, it helps us get in rhythm with him. And our key verse that we were, that as we were in the pandemic for the church was Galatians 5.25, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. That actually even when life is throwing chaos and the world is in a chaos, that actually we can still be in step with him. We can be in rhythm with him. We can be in tune with him. And what we store up helps us to be in rhythm and in tune with him. We get to tune in to him and listen what he's got for us, what heaven is sending I love that in the moment of David and Goliath, a very famous Bible story that I'm sure we're all familiar with, David is being told to do by different people what to do. And he know, he's like, no, actually, I know what God said. I know what, know what God's taught me to do. And in that moment, he was tuned in to heaven and defeated Goliath. Heaven is sending great things. God wants to speak great things into our life. God wants to pour great things in. And it can knock out anything else. That is in us, that we are actually, grace is going to help flush that out. There's power, there's gifts, there's hope that heaven wants to pass on to us via the Holy Spirit. And so we want to be tuned in. What helps us with that? Well, obviously praying, (laughs) reading the Bible, being around the kind of people who are going to encourage us in that. So storing helps us tune into what God is saying. Third thought is this, storing is receiving. Because once we're tuned in, once we're in rhythm, then we can receive more of what God has got for us. Which bowl of water we absorb more because we both end up in these places. If you just want to live in a place where there's just clean water, then you have to like go and be a hermit and not talk to anyone ever. But then that's probably a bad idea because our own thoughts, yeah. But actually, we're always in situations and places and things where actually there's, there's stuff that could, actually we don't want to store up in our life, but we get that choice, what we're receiving, what we soak up. And so who is helping us to soak up the things of God? I'm so thankful for my friends, but also for those that I would call mentors in my life. Those who I just went up to one day or contacted and said, you know, I'd met maybe once or twice at different things. And just said, I'd really appreciate your voice in my life. Could we meet up for a coffee? Could we meet up on Zoom? You know, a lot of time people say yes. Some people ask me, how how do you meet with this person? It's not about their name or whatever, but why why are they giving you input? Or I just asked. And the worst thing that can happen is they say no. And maybe for some of us, we're like, I need, I've got good friends. As people around me are really encouraging me, what about someone that's gone ahead of me? This, in, their, in their faith journey to encourage me, why not ask? The worst he could say is no. And then the beautiful thing is for some of us in the room, maybe some people feel encouraged to do something about that. You might get asked, <laughs> which is great. And then you get to be a blessing. You get to pour out what is in you, what comes out of you into that person. And how beautiful is that? Then you've got the opportunity to help them. And so we have the power to decide who's around us, who is our biggest influence. So think about how we're receiving. Because storing intentionally helps us to grow in our faith, to flourish. And that leads to what comes out of us. Thought four is this. Storing leads to pouring out. What we store up will come out. 
I think we've already illustrated that through the sponge. Storing leads to pouring out. Uh, you know, Luke 6.45 is a very similar um, verse to Matthew 12.35, and it says this, a good man brings good things, or a good person brings out good things stored up in their heart, and an evil person brings out evil things, evil stored up in their heart. And then it says, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. There's this little extra tag there from Luke. Actually, what is in us will come out. So what do we want to pour out? And if we're like, actually, I'm not sure what's in me is what I want to pour out to others, then that's okay because God is gracious. As we sang before, there's no shame. That actually, we can invite Jesus and by his spirit to go, actually, I need to sort some stuff out. Will you help me to store up good stuff so that when I pour out, it's good. It's a blessing. Invest in others. We have a choice about what we pour out because of our choice of what is in us. Carl Jung, um, the professor who died many, many years ago, talked about the idea of two halves of life. And um, maybe for some of us, like halfway in life is like 40. You know, I don't, I don't know if that's a marker for some people. But he talks about the idea of like almost like the first half of your life you're investing and the second half of your life you're pouring out. Now, that doesn't negate those who are under 40, like me, just to clarify, and uh, a long way off, um, that, um, that I can't pour out something. And it doesn't, doesn't mean that those over 40 can't receive something. But actually, there's a really powerful image there. So if you're gifted with, I've been on this journey a bit longer, what, what can you pour out to others? What can you be a blessing to others? And what can maybe if... If we're in the younger years of our faith, maybe what can we draw from others? Because what we store up today isn't just for tomorrow. It's for the rest of our lives. And I think that's what he paints so well. And the final thought is this. Storing is transformative. When we store up the things of God, we're choosing to be part of a process of transformation. Come as we are, but let's not stay as we are. God is inviting us into a process of transformation. I think the gospel invitation is quite simply, come as you are, but don't stay as you are. You know, Paul says that I'm ever working out my salvation. I'm ever understanding this thing. And, he's, um, and so he, he's challenged by that, um, to live that out. And so I think that's such a challenge to us, whatever journey we're on. That actually it's a process of transformation. Let's come to God as we are, but then allow him to transform us, to challenge us, to change us, to encourage us. And so we have to recognize that process. Maybe the band could come and help me. But you see, there is another process, because that's kind of a, a spiral of growth. It winds upwards. It's a beautiful thing, a process of transformation. But there's a process of, of maybe downward, and it's not just thinking, but sin. When we get stuff wrong, it can erode things in us. But when we recognize the grace of God, he can help us move on from that thing. But sins, a lot of the time, um, and that's just the bad stuff we do, the mistakes we make, the things that aren't Jesus-like, however you want to phrase it, it can erode away at us. Sin is not a breaking of rules, it's a breaking of relationship. And actually, then the beautiful thing is on the process of transformation is, as Bryony talked about last week, grace is the currency of the kingdom. And so whatever we've done, we're not too far from grace. But Jesus doesn't just want us to live in a place where we're like, 
we just keep repeating the same thing every day. And at the end of the day, oh, Jesus, I need your grace again. We need his grace every day, but he doesn't want to see us just keep doing the same thing over and over again. He wants us to see us grow. When he talks to Paul in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9, my grace is all you need. My power is made perfect in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. God's grace is the power that we need. But it's not just about keep going back to where we are. It's about moving forward with him. His grace is enough for our past. It's enough for our now and it's enough for our future. But God's best for us isn't just to keep repeating the same thing over and over again. Because when we store up the things of him, it's transformative. It takes us on a journey into more of who he's created us to be, to be more in his likeness, to be more like Jesus. But it's our choice where we commit to that process of transformation. And so it's not about focusing on what we shouldn't do. It's about focusing on Jesus. Because I think sometimes if we're stuck in something that's causing us to trip up in our journey with God, that sin, whatever that thing is, that sometimes we go, I just don't want to do that thing, don't want to do that thing. But Jesus is like, Get, have your eyes on me. Focus on me. Let me help you with that thing. It doesn't go away magically. But sometimes when we focus on not doing something, we end up actually more likely doing it. <laughs> and so Jesus encourages and draws our gaze to him. We're going to respond in just a moment and take a moment to reflect and Ask God to help us. Ask God maybe to do a bit of work in us, whatever. I know that's my prayer this morning, God. What is in me? What have I stored up that I just want you to help me deal with? Bring some healing in that area. Deal with that thing and pick that thing, whatever it might be. And, and fill that space with some more good stuff of you. But God is not after your behavior. That's not what this message is about. He's after our heart. God, it's not after our behavior. It's not about if I can just do more good things. It's about storing up the things of him and committing to a process of transformation with him. Because he wants our heart. You know, Jesus says right there, that verse that we've been thinking about this whole morning, a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. I want to store up good things in me. But an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. A heart is a treasury. It's not storing. It's not a place to put excess things. We're talking about heart and mind. We're talking about our lives. What are we putting in will come out. What we store up today will come out tomorrow and in the rest of our lives. And that's a, it's a truth either way. <laughs> but it's a beautiful truth when we think about storing up the good things of God in our lives. What is in us? What are we storing up? We get to choose what we soak up. We get to choose who is around us. We get to choose how we tune in. We get to choose what we can receive. We get to choose what we pour out. It's a choice. But it's not one that we do on our own. The Holy Spirit helps us along the way. It's not a set of things to do. It's a set of opportunities and invitation that he's given us to come as we are, but not to stay as we are. And storing starts with that good choice. If you found this podcast inspiring and helpful, then we'd love for you to get in touch via at lifelanks on social media or our website, lifelanks.org. Life Church, impacting our neighbours, our nation and the nations with the good news about Jesus.